When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working, and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality, and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, this is your host Anne-Marie Cross and this is episode 189. My guest today believes that life engraves character on your business the same way it engraves character on you. Character is what keeps customers returning. Joining me on today's show is Scott Trevathan. Scott is the CEO of Scott Partners, business advisors and tax specialists, serving small and medium-sized businesses in Melbourne, helping them to improve profits and cash flow to build real wealth. Now on today's show, Scott is going to speak about is your business ready for disruption and ready to take full advantage of opportunities right now to unlock cash and capital growth? Are you asking yourself these challenging and thought-provoking questions to ensure you and your business can adapt and survive these changing times? As well as, are you leveraging affordable bookkeeping solutions and technology to best support you while you focus on business growth activities? So let's welcome Scott to the show. Thank you very much, Anne-Marie. Absolutely thrilled to be here. So before we dive into the areas that you're going to share today, I just wanted to speak to you, Scott, because we attended the same networking event. It was an event that we went to for some business development, and I noticed that you were using a Microsoft Surface. And as you know, Scott, I am a Microsoft Service Pro ambassador, and so I reached out, and you actually said your whole company uses Microsoft Surfaces. Absolutely. Tell us, how long have you been using them and what are some of the the benefits that you've seen your company achieving because of uh, these pieces of technology? It was around about two and a half years ago that we, uh, or maybe even three years ago, that we looked at uh, how our firm was operating in relation to information technology and we all had desktop computers and servers running and I had a dream, as a lot of other accounting firms had a dream of going paperless or less paper mm-hmm. and, and putting everything into the cloud. So at that time, we investigated different systems and computers that might be around and uh, we were put onto Microsoft Surfaces. We started off with Microsoft Surface 2s and since then we've progressed to 3 and 4s progressively as people come and people go. I, I was laughing, I know I've shared this story with you that our IT provider at the time said that it wasn't possible to run a serious business <laughs> on a tablet such as Microsoft, the Microsoft Surface and I think he was right and he was definitely wrong. And he was right in terms of saying that it would be difficult to run a business 
professional business of a tablet. Mm. I think it's wrong in thinking that a Microsoft Surface is just a tablet. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me just share with you, the long weekend has just uh, passed in Victoria and my husband and I went to Queensland and I take my Surface with me wherever <laughs> I go. And one of my clients reached out, she needed to fast track a publication of her podcast series. So I was able to log in um, and, and obviously release those far more difficult on a phone and I didn't have access to a computer. Well, of course, the Surface is. So for me, oh, it was a lifesaver. Absolutely. And we find that I travel with my Microsoft Surface in my little leather folder mm -hmm. uh, wherever I go, whenever I'm coming out to clients, because it's that easy access into everything that I need. I've never found it run out of storage um, in terms of things that I wanted to put on it. Um, but in terms of accessing the cloud and then ease of use, we, we simply couldn't be without. So it really has unshackled us from the office. Fantastic. Right. Well, let's dive into your area of expertise and find out more about how you can help us improve our profits and cash flow to build wealth. I know that many businesses are talking about disruption and we only have to listen to the news to find that there are a number of industries, particularly the tax industry, that really is going through disruption with Uber and so forth. And really asking the question, are we as businesses ready to take full advantage of opportunities right now to unlock cash and capital growth? What are some things that we need to think about as businesses? Anne-Marie, the whole notion of disruption is something that's not well understood by businesses. We talk to many small businesses, both our clients and non-clients, about disruption. And I think a lot of people understand the term disruption. They understand that it impacts industries, like Uber, the example that you gave, but mm. they don't really believe that it's impacting them too much. And, and I think that's just one thing that the Deloitte report came out with when they were talking about on their report on disruption was really that business, you can't necessarily see it until it's upon you. Yeah. So you really need to be aware of what's coming down the, the track towards your industry mm -hmm. and how it's going to impact you, whether it's going to have a big impact or and it's going to be here in a short time or whether it's going to have a small impact uh, and be here in a long time. What are some typical areas that you see businesses should be thinking about because if they're not in two years, three years or whatever years, they're going to find that they have to look at uh, a certain areas they're not already looking at them? Great question. Mm. And I think that really... Uh, is something we can break down to their sources of revenue and their areas of expenditure. So if you look at, first of all, you know where they get their income from, it's their customers. What are their customers spending with them now and why are they doing that? What value are they providing to the marketplace? Mm -hmm. And what else could possibly be out there that might be um, going to take the place of that? What are the things that are going to occur that might reduce the amount of value that you're going to be providing to your customers? So I think that's something that you really need to be aware of. And, and if you're not really aware of the exact value that you give your customers, then I think you know that might be a good starting place as well. From an expenditure perspective, I guess it's um, you know where are you getting your main sources of your supply to create your value for your customers? So you know, whether it's a key supplier, a certain type of mineral or input, um, where are you getting that from? If it's, you know, increasingly business is being done on the internet and uh, people are relying on big hosted organisations, how are they being impacted and how is the you know, other, other small things like privacy going to impact them as well? So mm. not just looking at customers and whether they're still going to be there in three or four years' time, but also looking at whether they're actually going to be able to do what they do 
um, in that period as well. I know as business owners, we're very busy just running our business. Keeping our fingers on the pulse is certainly something that by the sounds of it, we need to do. And obviously we have experts such as yourself on our team to reach out to as well. But are there any typical resources that you recommend your clients start to really be focused on to say, all right, we know you haven't got hours in the day, but you need to keep a focus on these kind of resources because if anything is going to, to, to change or at least be spoken about, you need to be aware of that. Look, I think there are, and I think industry magazines and industry sources, uh, industry-specific um, information that's contained on websites is something that I think in general business is aware of mm. and will keep tabs on because it's often the only source of information they have for the industry. And those magazines, I think, by and large, are, or, or those sources of information in general, that is the industry one, providing a, or doing a really good job of advising of any disruptions that might be coming down the track. It's having the time to read and digest those that's, that is the difficult part Mm -hmm. uh, but it's something they really do need to keep an eye on for their specific industries people like us can advise in general terms and and keep advice to keep looking and certainly from a a tax and compliance perspective we can and a general business uh, overview you know your professionals can advise but in terms of what's happening to your specific industry I think you need Mm. to be somewhat aware of the industry specific um, sources of information. So if we're looking then at being able to be flexible and, and being able to adapt and survive these changing times and I'm sure now uh, we're finding things are progressing so quickly, what are some of these challenging and thought provoking questions that we really do need to our CEOs sit down and ask ourselves and our teams? Yeah, like it's something that we've been working with with our clients and other businesses as well for a while now. And and the the really big questions, and again, this was um, part of research that Deloitte had done, trying to prompt CEOs of, of major organisations, you know, to talk about the the kind of things that they should be asking their organisations. Um, most of our business clients uh, aren't big enough to have a CFO, so that's where we need to slot in there. Mm-hmm. And and that and and I've just still, I mean, a lot of them were uh, company specific or you know, specific to large organisations. So I've really thought, you know, Deloitte had 10, I think I've distilled it down to the three main ones. And the first one is, are your growth targets big enough? So a lot of our clients will opt for saying, when we say, you know, what's, what's your plan for next year? They might say, well, you know, if we can grow 5% or 10%, that's great. The CFO challenging question is, well, should we be doubling in size? Should we be tripling in size? Mm-hmm. Because of the risk to the organization not only from disruption that might you know be coming down the track but the risk of staying the same size or just having that very moderate growth might be disproportional to the risk of thinking about how we might grow significantly bigger than what we currently are. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine that asking that and putting that as a growth target compels you as a team to really start taking bigger action steps and looking, all right, well, if we are looking at tripling, we're going to have to look outside our current marketplace and look for various areas that, and opportunities that we may not have tapped into. Would you also say from that point of view, if we are only thinking about a 5 to 10% with the rapid changes going on that that may have us almost like surviving and not really thriving in an industry which for many of us may find consistently rolls over and changes. Yes, I think we've got to be careful about, I mean, I don't necessarily subscribe to the view that, you know, if you're not growing, then you're Mm. on the way out. I believe many businesses don't subscribe to that either. Yeah. Um, because often they're saying, you oh, know, we're, we're of a good size and maybe just some, some small to moderate growth might be enough to enable us to maintain our profitability and our cash flow requirements. Mm-hmm. 
we've got a very small CPI, so um, we don't really need to increase our prices all that much. So um, there's no need for revenue growth. And anyway, it doesn't impact our bottom line. I think it's a bigger question, though, in terms of, as you say, the disruption that might be in the industry. So depend upon your specific business Mm -hmm. and the industry that you're in. But it's certainly worth considering. Because one of the things that you mentioned, and I, I going back to your first point around looking at your sources of income, looking at your sources of expenditure. I mean, if we were looking at our existing client base and said, well, we're going to increase our client base in this particular area by 5 to, to 10%. Imagine if all of a sudden we found that, hang on a minute, in, in two years or whatever time frame, those particular clients are no longer there. So it may be looking at, okay, we are going to grow, but we're going to diversify our customers customer base and not all put our eggs all in one basket because I know that that often can be um, disastrous too if you've got some major clients and all of a sudden they turn around and say you know what we're changing our business focus. Absolutely and there's another thing Anne-Marie that that many people aren't aware of and that's some research that was done by the KPI organisation talking about this concept of the desert and the desert they talk about is when you're turning over between three and twelve million dollars, which many of our small business clients are, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're stuck in that desert, which is typically one where they have to have a rapid increase in staff numbers. So mm-hmm. there's the people, uh, the number one cause of concern for business owners um, in managing large number of staff. Often cash flow is tight in that three to twelve million dollar area, mm-hmm. um, and also profitability can be down so not not overall your margin can be down so often our business owners will lament the fact that you know when they were making two million when they were turning over two million dollars they were actually more profitable than they are when they're turning over six million dollars so that's another factor that people need to consider this whole concept of the desert between that whether it's three and twelve just just for argument's sake mm-hmm. if you're sitting in the middle of that desert you really need to be working on a strategic way to get out of it so do you find then once you're over that 12 that things start to get easier or i mean obviously there's always business challenges no matter where you are your growth you find you're outside of that desert things seem to, to track along more better absolutely than, yeah. absolutely so from from outside of the desert the growth curve is much more moderate so it's only a matter of incremental gains in terms of staff numbers and processes plant and equipment capital requirements uh, and profitability returns to you know, perhaps what, what it should have been the normal side of things which should be pretty good at that point certainly look at riding through that and having some key things and uh, to support you in in taking through that (laughs) absolutely i mean we've just got a number of businesses that we're working alongside that are just that have been stuck in that desert for so many years um, just accepting the mediocre results that they're getting um, and understanding that business is just hard whereas if they just sort of step back for a minute and thought well what if we doubled in size yes uh, and we got out of the desert you know what would that what would that look like for us? Yeah, and fantastic. The answer is, according to the research, the answer is better profits, easier to run businesses, and you know more market power, less susceptible to the changes to rapid disruption as well. So that was the first question that we needed to consider. What would be the second question we need to look at? Yeah, I guess tying into the disruption area, it's it's really we ask business owners to consider. You know what, in terms of disruption, is is happening in their industry that's coming down the barrel that might affect their growth uh, objectives. So, first of all, if we can convince them to maybe have a bigger idea of what growth objectives they might have, mm-hmm. 
what what things are coming down the barrel right at them right now that might cause them to put those growth factors at risk. Do you have any examples? Because I love examples and case studies and things like that because it really allows us to kind of think, because so often as business owners, we could, oh, that's not going to impact us. But then when we start to hear about and, and other industries think, you know what, it really could affect us. We need to, to investigate this a little bit deeper. If I was a, a small manufacturing plant that might be uh, manufacturing avionics uh, equipment, so this is a... <laughs> Real life example from yeah. the client, line. Yeah. and their growth targets are significant. Um, so, because they're, they're building prototypes of things that can be used uh, worldwide, mm-hmm. what's coming down the track for them that might significantly impact on their growth targets is regulation from both federal, mainly federal government, and in terms of what they believe you know should be done with the avionics industry. So that's mm. just an example of something that could completely derail their growth plans um, that they needed to be abreast of. Otherwise, they're just caught completely unawares. Yeah. So what would you then say to people? Obviously, they have to have some form of risk and some form of investigation and research to keep abreast of those kind of things. But one of the things I think also too, and we, we can do some of this risk management and have some strategies in place should something happen. Often then, you don't want to spend too much time on something that may never occur. Do you have any suggestions for people that want to put aside some time and resources to ensure that they are keeping keeping abreast of these things. Is there like a formula or so that you recommend? And I mean, I know this is a kind of a question, how long is a piece of string? But it gives some people some understanding that we really need to spend this amount of time in dedicated to, to this to make sure that we can survive and adapt. Yeah, good question. And, I, and obviously some industries may be more prone to change than others. Some, mm. are, some traditional businesses, we met with a, a business last night who has been doing pretty much the same thing for 35 years and getting pretty much the same results, which are, you know, he's outside of the desert, so he's okay. And not a lot of industry change that he needs to consider, so probably doesn't need to spend too much time. I think it's the, the broader question is how much time should be working on our business and looking at the how our business is situated within our industry, within mm-hmm. our competitive environment, versus how much time we're spending in the business. Mm-hmm. So we always mm-hmm. encourage our business owners, especially of the smaller businesses, to just to take that time out. Now, whether if they can afford 10% of their time, to give you a percentage, yeah. if I must, if you thought on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to be working on the business and if that's not something that they can specifically be working on whether it's vision or strategic planning or some other sort of modeling that they might need to do then let that be on just general reading and understanding and catching up on how things are going. Because I know that, you know, when you, you hear um, some of the organisations, what they're really struggling with now is to do with marketing, connecting and engaging with the clientele. And so there may be ways that they've been marketing and, and reaching out to existing clients in, in the marketplace, yet they need to change their approach because, you know, we, we talk about the entrepreneurial customer or customers now being, their attention being far more fickle. And it's kind of one of those things that organisations need to be aware of that don't they and um, to be able to adapt various things that they're doing in their business rather than the head in the sand if, if, if you will. That sort of brings us into this whole concept of a key performance indicator. Something that's in the business that will give you a quick indication on how effective things 
know, especially your marketing, still are. So yeah. if you're not getting the results from what you're doing, then you can step back, have a look and say, oh, has something changed here? Yeah. And I think a great example of that is email marketing that we've seen over the last, say, 24 months. Two years ago, we were very effective to send a whole bunch of emails out to either our clients or prospective clients and get some good responses from those emails. Mm-hmm. And now I think the open rate's sort of fallen to sub-20. So yeah. I think people are so sick and tired of receiving emails that they're just not bothering opening them anymore, even if it's important information on it. So we need to consider that as a communication tool uh, yeah. moving forwards um, or, or it's either or something has to be completely personalised. So. so lots of the different things to consider and, and I know that it's going to be different for every business, every industry that they they are working on. You know, it's one of those things. We need to be mindful of that so that we can ride through some of, uh, you know, some changes, particularly if we are in an industry that is certainly got a lot of of challenges. So that was the second question that we need to ask ourselves. Yep. What is the third? It's really around about the business ownership and it's given your growth plans and given you've taken into consideration what might be coming down the, the, the barrel at you to impact on those growth plans, where do you see yourself hmm. as a business owner in your organisation, you know, in, in two to three years' time? So what we're trying to get business owners to focus on is um, a broader picture of them running the business. So, you know, can they put management in place? Um, Are they taking on too many responsibilities themselves? Are they really setting their business up for uh, succession or a sale? A lot of our business owner clients and people that we talk with are very passionate about their businesses and wouldn't see themselves doing anything else. some uh, miserable earning a mediocre living at what they're doing and uh, you know just can't wait to uh, have a good payday at the end of their journey so the question is where do you see yourself in the business in terms of your growth pathway let's talk about affordable bookkeeping solutions and technology to best support us so that we can then focus on business growth activities i mean bookkeeping might, might sound a rather dull and dreary topic of conversation and and often people associate that with long nights around the kitchen table or maybe that's just my era Anne-Marie I'm Mm -hmm. not sure Um, (laughs) certainly that's what our clients used to do what we're really passionate about is making sure that clients have got access to the information that that is their business so their business um, like the movie The Matrix is represented on by numbers Mm -hmm. uh, by the inflows and outflows of that business and Having access to accurate and up-to-date information can help them make better decisions, which is so essential for business in these changing times. And I think, look, if we are not able to understand and and have access to, regular access to monies, um, that is going to impact cash flow. I mean, we need to know as CEOs of our business up-to-date information, don't we? Absolutely. I mean, opportunities, most businesses uh, find themselves and and we're talking about businesses that are turning over from nothing Mm. through to about about the $12 million mark. Turn over what they do and and do what they do through opportunities that have come to them um, from probably often just naturally flown in and some they've created themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're opportunity-based businesses is what we like to look at it. Now, if you don't have the information available to you, then you find it very difficult to take advantage of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And that's why having the information at your fingertips and up to date 
is so important. And so do you have any um, solutions that and technologies that, that you recommend to your clients that you can share with people today to, to investigate and research a little bit further if this is the stage at where they're at? With that risk of giving you a, a plug for a business that we're running now, um, <laughs> but we've started up a business called Go Global Bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. And Go Global Bookkeeping is all about uh, using low-cost labour environment. So we have a team in the Philippines and there are other businesses around that are doing this as well. Mm-hmm. So we use teams in low-cost labour environments such as the Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam that can process information at a, at a very affordable rate mm-hmm. because often people don't get the sort of bookkeeping they need because of uh, the rates that are, are necessarily charged by bookkeepers uh, here in Australia. Mm-hmm. But Accessing those low-cost labour environments is a great start. Cloud accounting has been an absolute revolution in terms of business information as well. So, um, you know, we use and recommend Zero, but the QuickBooks and Mile both have great products. And for larger businesses, things like NetSuite, which are on um, cloud-based applications as well, mm. have just meant that there is much more effective collaboration between uh, accountants, stakeholders in the business. Uh, and the bookkeepers that might be making sure that all that information is up to date and relevant as well. Fantastic. And so for people who would like to know a little bit more and to reach out to you, what is the best way that they can do so, Scott? Sure. Well, if they wanted to have a look at our website. So Mm -hmm. uh, Scott Partners is an accounting firm that provides business advisory services to small businesses, uh, small and medium-sized businesses, sort of anything up from zero dollars right up through to uh, 20 or $30 million turnovers. Best way to access Scott Partners is through our website, www.scottpartners, or one word, .com.au. Um, if you'd like be interested in about the bookkeeping as, as a way that you can research uh, low-cost uh, bookkeeping, it's uh, goglobalbookkeeping.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been my absolute pleasure, Anne-Marie. Thank you. Are you a specialist who supports small business and you want to increase your visibility, reach and influence with your own podcast channel, but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry. So if you're an aspiring podcast host or if you have an existing business-focused podcast and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.